Zigzag and One, a place where we honestly discuss how to embrace the zigs and the zags in our crazy lives. Running away is not an option. Living in defeat is not an option. Instead, learning how to keep moving forward is what we'll do together, one nugget of wisdom at a time. Your host is Melanie Brown. She's navigated a few zigs and zags in her life with the determination to never give up. Expect great stories and lots of laughs. Are you ready? Let's do it. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Zigzag in One podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Brown. I'm going to give you a little bit of a warning up front. This episode and the next one, a two-part series about National Suicide Prevention Month, is just going to be hard. But it's something that's really relevant, really timely, in that we see mass shootings, we see suicides in the news all the time. And it's something that we need to really talk about and think about how we can prevent it. And so Tracy and I, my guest, we sat down and listened to some songs before we hit the record button. And one of the songs that really hit us hard is Bigger Than I Thought. It's written and performed by Sean Curran. He goes to our church, and he is an incredible songwriter and worship leader. You understand me, so I throw all my cares before you, my doubts and fears don't scare. you check out Sean's music wherever you stream music. I promise you won't be disappointed. It would mean so much to me if you would share these two podcast episodes and any of the other ones you've listened to with your friends and family. All right, let's go ahead and join the conversation with Tracy. Wow, Tracy, what an unbelievable way to start a podcast recording listening to the words bigger than I thought. I, I'm, I'm in the right frame of mind. You know, it's, what I love about that song, Melanie, is when it says, you understand me, God. Because I think we live in a world of loneliness where we feel um, no one's for us. And to know that there's someone, the creator of the universe understands us. I also love when it says, um, so I cast all my cares upon you. My doubts and fears don't scare you. Man, I have doubted God, Melanie. Yes, I have, me too. I've had fear. Fear is one of the biggest things I've had to overcome. But none of that matters. He understands. And I love he's bigger than I thought. It, it, the lyrics are just unbelievable, especially in light of what we're talking about today. Yeah. And what a tough subject, but a very timely one and something that is hugely going on in the news right now, yeah. and that is suicide. Yeah. And it's a, t- it's a topic that we, we want to avoid because it just, there's pain and barbs and hurt and 
not even understanding why, that's one of the big questions. I know um, 28 years ago, my cousin committed suicide. He was just a year younger than I'm I was. So sorry. And I was thinking about it this week as we prepared for this podcast, and it, it made me tear up. It's making me tear up right now. I, I still want to know why. Yeah. Everyone's going to be impacted, whether you have already or you will in the future. Suicide is going to somehow touch every life that's listening. It's a topic we don't, like you said, we don't want to talk about. When you first said, can we do this? I'm thinking, uh, no thanks. But we've got to do it. We've, yes. The pain, the psychological pain that we're seeing in our society. And when we don't deal with the pain, whether the pain's trauma, abuse, loss, betrayal, trail, the list goes on and on, um, it can turn into depression, that anger turned inward, or or it can be anger turned outward, which is why we're seeing more violence, yes. more abuse, and, and the mass shootings. We've got to identify and deal with the psychological pain, because um, you're right. Did you know 9.8 million people are thinking of suicide right now? That number is staggering. Like, I can't put my mind around I that know. number to know. know that that many people are hurting to the point that they they want to—I I, I can't think of another way to put it, but throw it all away, yeah. give it all away, put a—and I've heard the saying that, that suicide is a permanent solution yes. to a temporary hurt, and not to put light on that hurt because we know that hurt is— deep and real real yes. and wide and yes. it permeates every avenue in their life and yes. so I'm not trying to shed, to make it lighter or minimize mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. but it is a temporary thing mm-hmm. and they're choosing mm-hmm. a permanent solution that's right and that's where you know I was suicidal which I know we'll get into a little bit later and I've worked at psychiatric hospitals I've sat with patients and clients who just tried and attempted to end their life and so as a licensed professional counselor, my big heartbeat and why I love that we're doing this today is suicide prevention. Yes. If we can catch it, because the truth is 90% of individuals who are thinking and who commit suicide are clinically depressed. So if we can catch them, Melanie, when it's mild to moderate to where they can think of other solutions, where they're still connected to their loved ones, because when they reach that severe level of depression, yes. like you said, there's they cannot think of any other solution. They just want to end their pain. Yes. So let's take a pause for a second and introduce you. We okay. just like jumped right in, which I'm happy to do, but I want to make sure the listeners know who you are. This is my friend Tracy. We have known each other about a decade or more, yeah. which is hard to believe. I but started, I found out about you because I attended your writing group. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. Yes. That's how we first met. So writing we have in common. Mm-hmm. Um, you've done some podcasts before, and I'm so excited that you are here today, even though we are talking about, again, a very, very tough topic. But you are a licensed professional counselor. Mm-hmm. You um, 
have experience with this, not only with the patients that you've seen, but in your own life. And I um, was honored about a year ago that you shared your story with me, and it is posted on my website at melaniebrown.com, and it is called Fresh Start. And so if you want to go back, listeners, and read Tracy's story, she's going to share a little bit about it in just a minute. But I invited you, Tracy, because I love you dearly and because— In a few days, it is National Suicide Prevention Week, and because of your background, because of your understanding and deep understanding of what you were going through in your teenage years Mm -hmm. and what made you have suicidal thoughts, in addition to the fact that you've worked with numerous clients who also have the depression, have Mm -hmm. other symptoms, and have expressed suicidal mm-hmm. ideations, you 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 are a professional in that you get it, you understand, mm-hmm. and you keep researching. In fact, we've got a lot of research to share today, and mm-hmm. any of the research that we don't get to, I'm going to make sure and put those in the show notes, the description, so that the listeners can have access to all the wealth of information that you brought with you today. So, Can you share just a brief snippet of your story so that the listeners understand Mm -hmm. how this topic impacts you both professionally Mm -hmm. and personally? Yeah, you know, looking back, I realized that I should have been diagnosed as clinically depressed by seventh grade. But back in those days, depression wasn't talked about. I'm so grateful that we now talk about it. Did you know depression is the common cold of mental illness? We're Mm. more aware now. We talk about it now. Um, Therapy is very um, understood now and encouraged. Encouraged. Yes. The healthy churches actually encourage their staff and even pay for their staff members to seek counseling. So we're living in a much different place than when I was a child where it wasn't discussed. So by seventh grade, because of abuse, which is in my story that mm-hmm. we had done before, because of a stepfather, I was abused physically, verbally, emotionally, um, multiple step parents. And I just let it was in the place where I no longer wanted to live. I reached the place by ninth grade where every day I thought about suicide. Um, I had a bottle of pills. I had a plan. Every day I questioned, is this the day? Mm -hmm. But the truth is that any person who's suicidal, they really don't want to end their life. They just can't keep living the way things are. They don't see that solution no matter where they look. Yes. There is not a solution. That's right. They just, and I just wanted out of my pain. I was in so much pain that I turned to alcohol. I turned to drugs. I turned to men. I turned to crying out to God. I turned to crying out to the enemy. I was so desperate for my pain to end that I would have done anything. And so thankfully, I was rescued right before I went through with the plan. My mom caught wind. I was calling a national suicide hotline, which is a great, and we'll put that in the notes yes, too for everyone to, to know. Um, and they they coached me through that I needed a fresh start. I went to go live with my dad. And so my story is one of those of redemption, that because I got a fresh start, because I was pulled out of my environment just before I reached that severe level of depression, I was able to 
to still connect with the youth group. I gave my life to Christ, and I've been radical ever since. And that's why I love what I do. Yes. Because when I sit with people— in the pit of depression, I'm able to pull out Psalm 40. I'm able to share with them what God says. And I love this. I'm going to read it if it's okay with you. Uh, Please do. Psalm 40 verses one through three, it says, I waited patiently. Now I'm going to go ahead and tell you in Hebrew, that actually means expectantly. Mm. What a difference. Yes. You're going to wait or you're going to wait expectantly. Okay. So I tell my clients sitting there, I waited expectantly for the Lord, and He turned to me. He heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the slimy pit. That's depression right there. Yes. Out of the mud and mire, the wrong, the faulty thinking that no one cares, right? He set my feet upon a rock. That's Jesus. Yes. And gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. And when I sit there and look them in the eye and say, I've been where you are and you can borrow my faith for believing that scripture. Because when you're clinically depressed, you can't even have faith to believe God's word. Those are just words when you're clinically depressed. But when you start incorporating them into your heart and into your life and you you step out on that, that very small piece of faith and you say, okay, I'm going to believe these words. That's when God, he's been there all along, but that's when you, the, the person would feel him yeah. and, and feel that there are possibilities all of a sudden that weren't there before. Maybe they were, but they couldn't see them. Yeah. Hope is what, hope is what they need most. Yes. Hope. Yes. So if they can walk away from a session with me or walk away from a conversation with you, those who are listening to this, if you can instill hope, man, you can save someone's life. Hope. Hopelessness yeah. is one of the huge warnings and red flags of depression. So hope is key. It, it's key in my life, and I, I am not depressed. I am not suicidal. But that hope is, is what gets me up in the morning. Yeah. It's what gives me energy and focus to do the things that God has called me to do. I can't imagine being in a place and feeling utterly mm-hmm. hopeless. Mm-hmm. I, I just I can't put I, I I can't. I know. I know. So let's transition if we can into all of the great information that you brought with you because we were going over it prior to us hitting mm-hmm. the record button and it is incredibly valuable and so needed right now. Yeah. Well, I think um, we'll talk a little bit about some commonalities of suicide, if that's okay. Yes. Because understanding why, kind of like the question you said and what I hear people ask all the time is, you know, how did I not see this? Why did I not know? And Mm -hmm. so what I think a few of these points will do is understanding where someone is at the time when they're contemplating or actually went went through mm-hmm. and and ended their life understanding breeds compassion awareness and healing and so whenever i sit with someone and their families after an attempt has happened we go over this we go over this because it's it's really important number 1 you know um suicide is seeking a solution you already mentioned that yes. that they just want an end to their pain 
And and when they reach the place of severity where they can't think of anything else. Secondly, um, the common goal of suicide is cessation of consciousness. They want to escape the unendable and undurable pain, okay? When really we have to deal with the pain, Yes. Where we want to avoid it and suppress it through substances, through busyness or whatever it is we're turning to. It's actually going to a counselor, talking to a pastor, um, revealing something to a friend. I had an 80-year-old woman, my oldest client ever, come in and say, I just wanted one person to know that I was abused at the age of 13. And that somebody cared. Yes. Yes. I think so much in our society right now, and I know that you want to talk about this and we will cover this, we can be on social media and have 5,000 friends, but that doesn't necessarily equate to somebody caring and being in a genuine friendship where you, you call each other or you text each other and you say, how are you doing? And you expect that person to give you a genuine answer, not... I'm fine. Right. Or it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, loneliness is becoming an epidemic. Um, research just came out today that 20% of millennials report that they have zero friends. Zero. Zero friends. We're living in a society, and what social media is doing is creating more isolation. Yes, it is. Which is one of the huge warning signs and flags for depression. And depression, remember, 90% of the people who want to kill themselves or do were clinically depressed. Clinically depressed. So, again, we've got to deal with the pain. Yes. We can't, medicine's good. Hey, when you're severely depressed, I'm all about getting help for your body. What did God do in 1 King 19 when it was Elijah? He sent an angel to give him food and drink and rest under the broom tree. Even God started by ministering to Elijah's body. Yes. So we need the medicine. But guess what? We also need to go to the point of pain, process it, deal with it, and allow God to Mm -hmm. come and bring healing. Um, The common emotion in suicide is hopelessness and helplessness. And we've talked about that already, that they literally believe that there's nothing except suicide that can help me. No one understands the pain I'm in. All rays of hope have gone, right? And so the truth is with medication, with therapy, with God's help and community. Community. Yes. Telling someone, if someone right now is struggling with depression, please tell someone today, text someone, let someone know how mm. you're feeling. And, you know, it, it's interesting how a lot of people don't want to talk about suicide or even ask, are you feeling suicidal? Melanie, research shows that it doesn't increase their chance of committing suicide. It decreases it because they feel relief. I've never heard that, and that is powerful because I would think it would stir up those emotions, even intensify them. No. But I guess it it says, I care about you. I don't want to see you hurting. Yeah. It goes back to the, the worship song we started with. Yes. You understand me. Yes. And, you know, just to have someone to know what you're going through. Yes. In addition to the God of, of all creation. And so when you ask, it could be something like, hey, I love you. 
hey, I'm worried about you. Are you by chance thinking of hurting yourself? Yes. Please let me know what's going on. And again, that helps. That helps. And it brings hope and relief. Um, I, this one's really key, and, and it really addresses um, – it was your cousin, you said, yes. correct? Yes. That ended his life. Um, when someone's in a state of severe depression and contemplating suicide, their thinking is completely black and white. Yes. They, um, in the mild and moderate, they're able to still be connected to people. They're able to think of others. But when they reach the severe depression, which I'm going to assume your cousin did, Melanie. Probably. Okay. Yes. The dangerous part when you don't treat it and it gets to that place is that the black and white thinking life-sustaining responsibilities toward loved ones are not merely disregarded, but worse, they're sometimes not even within the range of what's on their mind. It's what I call mental bankruptcy, Mm. total disconnection from people, from life, from joy. And when I sit with people such as yourself, where a loved one has ended their life, two questions come up. Why was I not worth living for? Yes. And what I want to say to that is you are. Right. But they reach the place of mental bankruptcy to where they no longer felt any connection. Their only focus was their pain and ending it. Yes. The second question is how did I not know? Mm-hmm. How did I not know? And one of the things, the mantras that I talk with my clients about that find themselves in that place is you cannot make someone want to live. Yeah. You cannot make someone breathe. Yeah. And so just to understand um, where people are, there's most likely um, a communication of intention most likely, not mm. always. They'll give signals, whimpers. So if you're out there today and you're feeling that way or you know someone that's giving signals, guess what? That's a good sign. That means they want help. Yes. That means you need to go and ask them, hey, are you struggling with thoughts of ending your life? And if they are, listen to them. If they have a plan, see if they're willing to go to a psychiatric hospital, take them there. And if they're not and they're at danger to themselves, that's when you can call 911. You can what's called 1013. That's what the police would do is they would hold them in a psychiatric hospital for up to 48 to 72 hours to keep them safe. You know, the big thing um, in Suicide Prevention Week, it's hashtag be the one to be the one to ask, Mm. are you struggling with thoughts of suicide? Be the one to make the hard phone call to keep them safe or to keep someone else safe in the mass shootings we're hearing. One of the stories that's coming out is a grandma who saw posts of her grandson, saw um, the mental bankruptcy, and so she reported him. And they found plans in the journal of what he was going to do. That be the one to report even your loved one. That's the that's yes. hard but necessary. It, it is. It is. Maybe you are the one that actually opens their eyes to hope. That's right. 
That's right. And if they don't have an intent or they're not in danger, but they're like me having those thoughts, then find them a counselor. Yes. Get them to their doctor to get a full screen. Hey, maybe their thyroid's off. Maybe there's something in their body, Mm -hmm. right? Have them assessed where they are if they need medication. Um, And I know we said this, but you can always call the suicide um, prevention line 24 hours, one 800 Two seven three eight two five five. They'll help. They'll help you through it. That's great. And we'll put that in the show notes. So, did you cover all ten? I mean, no, we didn't. But we just. I wanted to highlight the ones that I felt like were most important. The ones that um, I feel like you know, if we can just understand again, it's not personal that this is a mental illness 90% of the time. There are the exceptions here. But again, to understand this, this loved one that's having suicidal thoughts, it's not the person you knew. Correct. Something has taken over. Yes. And they want out probably more than we want them to be out from under that darkness. Yes. So I think what I love is in the Suicide Prevention Week and in this podcast is let's be more aware. Let's yes. ask the hard questions. Let's come around people and actually be in community with them. Yes. To actually come to the place of instead of, as you said, checking in on social media, actually coming in and saying, hey, how are you really yes. doing Yes. But then that takes vulnerability. Well, sure it does. And that vulnerability is the way that you truly connect with other people. Yeah. And that you feel love and you feel friendship and you feel, hey, they're in my corner. They're cheering me on. They're praying for me. They want to be with me. Mm -hmm. And those, those are almost foreign concepts these days. We've gotten to the point with social media and not to blame just social media. Mm -hmm. It's coming in our neighborhood and seeing the people Mm -hmm. drive into their driveway, hit the button to open the garage door, put their car in and immediately hit the button again and you never see them. And they're not out walking in the neighborhood or going to the park or going to the food trucks. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. And and they're missing out on those interactions with others. Mm-hmm. Hey, Tracy, I feel like we have more to talk about. Would you be willing to come back and let's finish up this conversation? Absolutely. Great. So let's um, end here and invite the, the listeners to come back. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this topic, a little bit more instead of just the the facts, talking about ways that we can interact with people, not just people who are suicidal, but just in general, so that we don't have anybody in our circle that gets to the point of being suicidal. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to also really talk and dive more into social media and how at one point they were saying there's a correlation between social media and depression. But I don't know if you're aware of this, Melanie, but actually new new research is coming out that social, me- social media is now a causation of depression, and depression's the gateway to suicide. Well, we definitely need to unpack that. Thank you for being here, and I can't wait for us to get together again so that we can do part two. Thank you for having me.